spiritual shifts. Wow. The, the dangerous thing about a shift is that a shift is not in agreement with your skills and your strength. In other words, you just can't work it physically or how you perceive it to be. Because shifts don't agree with what you can do and what you can't do. Shifts don't agree with what you have knowledge in. Shifts don't take your skill levels under consideration. That's the dangerous part about spiritual shifts. Shifts connect with the heart, the value system, and the consciousness. Shifts are not in alignment or in agreement with what you can do. I have found that shifts will compel us to do what we really have no skill in doing. So therefore it leaves us in a conundrum. We never know if we're doing it right or correct. Because shifts shifts are not in alignment with our familiarity. The brain waves of God. A divine shift is not just, excuse me, a sudden change in rhythm, but it's the brainwave of God invading your privacy. It's the brain frequencies of God suddenly invading your personal space. And it's not agreeing with what you can do. It's not asking for your capacity. Not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Not by power, not by might. Oh, that's a scripture that all of us would read, and boy, we couldn't wait to knock the congregation out with that one. But it's a truth. It's not by power nor might, but by spirit. The shift is in spirit, in who you and I truly are. So it requires some sort of unlimited yielding to an unknown trust of something that we have no manual for. Because so many times we are trying to understand the shift and we try to weaken it to follow our deviation. If I could understand it, I could determine how often I could visit it, how often I could go back and forth to tease it. And when I'm ready to move on somewhere else, I can move it, then I'll return. If I could understand it, I could break it down to fit my pattern. (laughs) And that's the funny thing, even about frustration. You ever notice when you're frustrated, you make purposes and plans that you have no disciplines to commit to. Frustration will cause you and I to make promises and plans that we don't even have a capacity to commit to or a discipline to finish 
But when I'm mad, I'm going to do this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get another job. Oh, I'm leaving this. When you're mad, what I'm going to do, I'm going to save all my money. You ever notice when you say you're mad? I'm going to save all my money. I, when, when I'm mad, I'm going to do all of this here. When I'm mad, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to save my money. What I'm going to do is I'm going to whatever. Frustration will make you speak a plan that you don't even have the current energy or discipline to commit to. And the frustration which leads you to something that you're going to fail in will make you rethink what you said. Shifts don't agree with my learning ability or disability or my handicap or my disability. It doesn't agree with it because shifts capture the heart. And from the heart and from the spirit determines the validity and the legitimacy of who we are. And I'm finding that we're failing badly because what we are frustrated to promise and what we have the discipline to fulfill are entirely different things. So therefore, frustration would make us scream out for God's way but our strength level and familiarity will make us consider a better way. God's ways and better ways are entirely different ways to the point that we are not totally yielding to a transformative state of being, but a continual, I'm getting better, I'm getting better. I'm on the precipice of, I'm making, I'm about to, I'm fixing to. Don't rush me, I'm fixing to. Because we're trying to see the legitimacy of the platform. And how can we manipulate it to bow down to our strength level? When God's ways will never subject itself to your strength level. You're going to have to do this uncomfortable thing, which is giving yourself away with no hopes of ever returning. Oh, my God. Who feels confident to give themselves totally away without ever returning? You begin to look at how Jesus mentored. It was almost like, wow. Leave and don't return. Connecting without the capacity of returning to normalcy. So what we would do is we would devote the majority of our time. Listen, the majority of your time and all of you are entirely entirely different measurements. The majority and all who has the strength to give all of themselves? When in actuality, in our hearts, the majority is good enough. But when you talk like this, it scares us because what's going to be left for us to maintain for ourselves? And who else gets the other parts? Is it church? And I think you and I know 
that God isn't asking you to give your whole life to church. See, when we don't want to do something, we make it more pitiful than what it already is. I'm Andre Pfizer, and this is Innovators.